Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where a jerk learns the true meaning of the phrase, go pound sand. Our next Reddit post is from Finn. I had just moved to Australia and gotten a new phone, but as it turns out, my new number was someone else's old number. Every other week, I would get calls from some tradie who wanted to know why I wasn't on site or what I wanted done with building projects such and such. Every time, I explained at length that they got the wrong number, and quite often, folks on the other end were absolute rude or thought that I was taking the piss and insist that I answer their questions or show up on site now. I was over it, so I googled my own number and did some digging, and eventually I found the guy who had my number before, even his new number, and then I called him. I politely explained my dilemma, pointed out that there were two websites that still listed my number as his number, and I asked if he could please change this and let his contacts know about the new number, and to delete the old one because this was getting quite tedious for me. By this time, I had already given out my phone number for work, visa applications, landlords, and friends, so changing it would have been a huge pain. I explained all of that. Well, of course, he was just as pleasant as most of his contacts and told me something along the lines of, I don't give an F, mate. That's not my effing problem. Get effed. Sort your own stuff out, mate. Well, the universe provides, and so I got a great opportunity to do just that only a few weeks later. I received a call in the early hours of one morning by another disgruntled guy telling me that he was early and demanding to know where I wanted to put the sand down and how to get in. I asked, what sand? And he told me that he had a full truckload of sand as ordered and no one was on site and everything was fenced off. Very briefly, I thought about launching into my explanation, but I was tired and over it, and then I realized the opportunity that was provided. I snapped back at him with no uncertainty. Mate, it's all good. Dump it all right on the driveway, front of the fence. We'll sort it out when we get there. The guy said, You sure, mate? This is a lot of sand. Absolutely sure, mate. Thanks a lot. All right then, boss. And he hangs up. Well, I go back to bed, snoozing for another hour with a big smile on my face. Until my phone rings again, and I see that it's the guy who used to have this phone number. I pick up rather chipper, and he doesn't waste any time launching into a series of swear words, and how he has no access to this site, and that he has to move a literal ton of sand, by hand, and whether or not I told the guy to just dump it all there. I replied, you told me to sort this out myself. This is me sorting this out. You can remove the numbers and let your contacts know, or not. Totally up to you, mate. He was fuming, called me a few more choice words, promising to find me, and a lot more before we ended the conversation. However, the numbers disappeared from the internet really quickly after that, and I never got another call again. I still have the phone number, and every time I see a truck with sand, I chuckle to myself thinking of this guy moving a ton of sand by hand, and losing a fair few hours of labor because he was a douchebag who couldn't be bothered to send a few texts. Our next Reddit post is from Right-Handed Ranger. This happened about four years ago. I do construction, and we start fairly early. The boss got tired of people walking in at 6.05 or 6.03 when we start at 6 even though he was a few minutes late more consistently than any of us were. So he said, If you aren't standing in front of me at 6 o'clock when we start, then I'm docking 15 minutes from your time for the day. 
The next day, I accidentally forgot my tape measure in the car, and I had to walk back across the job site to grab it, so I made it inside a little after 6. The boss chewed me out and told me that he was serious yesterday and docked me 15 minutes. So, I took all my tools off right there and sat down on a bucket. He asked me why I wasn't getting to work, and I said, I'm not getting paid until 6.15, so I'm not doing any work until 6.15. I enjoy what I do, but I don't do it for free. He tried to argue with me about it until I said, If you're telling me to work without paying me, then that's against the law. You really want to open the company and yourself up to that kind of risk? Maybe I'm the kind of person to sue, maybe I'm not. But if you keep telling me to work after you docked my time, then we're going to find out one way or the other. He shut up pretty quickly after that, and everyone else saw me do it and him cave. So now, they weren't going to take this garbage either. Over the next few days, guys who would have been one or two minutes late just texted the boss. Hey, sorry boss. I would have been there at 6.02 and gotten docked, so I'll see you at 6.15 and get to work then. Then they just sat in their cars until 6.15 and came in when their time started. So between people doing what I did or just staying in their cars, the boss lost a ton of productivity and morale because he decided that losing 15 minutes of productivity per person and feeling like a big man was better than losing literally one or two minutes of productivity. Even though everyone just stands around chatting and getting material together for the day until about 6.10 anyways. After a few weeks of that, he got chewed out by his boss over the loss of productivity, and how bad the doc timesheets were looking and reflecting poorly on him as a leader because we were missing deadlines over it, and it showed that he doesn't know how to manage his people. And then, suddenly, his little self-implemented policy was gone, and we all worked like we were supposed to and got caught up fairly quickly. Worker solidarity for the win! Not one person took his garbage and worked that time for free after he tried to swing his weight around on them. But obviously, I was a target after that, and only made it two more months before he had stacked up enough BS reasons to get away with firing me when I called in a few days in a row after my mom fell and I had to take care of her for the day. You know, the funny thing about this policy is he's acting like he's punishing you, but actually, this is an improvement for the worker. You went from having an inflexible work schedule to having a flexible work schedule. Because if you show up on time, you still get paid normal. But under this guy's policy, if you want to work less, you get paid less. So it's just, it's just easier on you. Thanks, boss! Also, down in the comments, we had this story from Kelly Keggs. I worked in a call center that tried to implement a policy where if you were 30 minutes late, they would count it as an unexcused absence, even if you came in. You'd still get paid, but it would count against you in your review. When I brought up snow delays or major accidents, they told me there were no exceptions to this new rule. Now, I'm usually early, but stuff happens, and I asked what would stop me from realizing that I'm going to be late because of traffic and just turning around and using paid time off since I'm already dinged for not being there. Their response was, I'd hope you'd have enough respect for your coworkers to not do that to them. Spoiler alert! I didn't, and no one else did either, so that policy didn't last very long. Also, an even better story from Steve M. Many years ago, I think it would have been back in the 80s, my father had a foreman who hated him. They had a policy that being late got some sort of demerit. My dad operated a grader on a road crew. My dad was the type to arrive at least 15 minutes early, check his machine over, and make sure everything was ready to drive out the gate at 8 o'clock. 
One day, my dad arrived two minutes late, and his supervisor was standing by the time clock with a big grin. So my dad turned around, drove home, and called in sick. It caused the whole crew, and himself, to get overtime pay the next Saturday to catch up. Our next Reddit post is from Crafty Editor. So, when I had an entry-level job a long time ago, my boss made me come in the day after I discovered my dog dead in my room from choking on something that it grabbed and swallowed on my desk. There were obvious signs that she panicked before she passed away. I tried to call in a sick day because I had a combination of grief and guilt, but my employer wasn't having it. I was only a few weeks into the job, so I didn't have any sick days and I was fresh off of unemployment and I needed this job. So I came into work visibly sad. I tried to ask to go home one more time. My boss didn't care and told me, man up, it's just a dog. So I was like, F it and just let my feelings take over. I was openly crying and sobbing at my desk while working on my project and answering emails. This was one of those modern open floor plan offices with no walls and tiny partitions instead of cubicles, so everyone could see and hear me. I'm literally wiping tears off my face and desk as I work. This was also in the early 2000s, so the term toxic masculinity wasn't coined yet, so seeing a grown man openly sobbing at his desk like this really threw people off. When I was asked by my coworkers and people passing what happened, I told everyone what happened to my dog. And I didn't even have a chance to take care of her body, so she was lying on my bed, dead, wrapped in a blanket until I could get home and figure out her cremation and burial stuff. When they asked me why I was even at work, I very loudly stated that my manager didn't think that it was an acceptable excuse to miss work. Needless to say, my boss looked like a monster, and I was told by her boss that I would have two days paid off to mourn and to take care of my dog, and that I shouldn't have had to come in in the first place. Down in the comments, we have this story from Squid Squatch. I had a really strict teacher in primary school that I got along okay with when I was 9 to 10 years old. He was an old army guy who I never had an issue with. He just took no flack from the bullies and kids that pratted about annoying others. He once picked a bully up by the scruff of his neck and another time threw a chair across the room snapping a leg off. So yeah, he was a bit scary. Our dog had cancer and my mom drove her to a specialist vet for an operation and when we got home the next day, I remember my mom shouting and crying in grief to just kill my dog then over the phone when she was told that she couldn't be saved and it was better to just not revive the dog from the operation. My mom did not grieve well and spent the weekend throwing all the dog's things away within one hour of being told that we wouldn't see her again, which she always regretted. I spent most of that weekend trying to comfort her, despite me being devastated too. I think my mom called ahead, because without saying anything, my teacher found me sitting on the stairs at lunch, and I immediately burst into tears thinking that I was in trouble for not being outside during lunch break. My teacher told me about a dog that he lost to when he was young, and how even as an adult, grief is hard for some to control. But we all have the right to grieve, and it's okay to be sad. He was so kind, and I never forgot his nice words. He let me do some drawings at the back of the class in the afternoon because I was good at it. 
We were one of his last classes, I think, because he left the school after us and he must have been past retirement age by then. Without consulting me, he forwarded one of my drawings to a countywide school art competition, and I won first place, which I didn't know about or receive until after the summer holidays, and he had left by then. Thank you, Mr. Rolf. Well, at least I know why he's so sympathetic to dogs. He thinks that dogs are always calling him by his name. Rolf, 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 Rolf. <laughs> Our next Reddit post is from Not Outrageous. I used to work as a bouncer at a bar that had a $2 cover fee on weekend nights. Everyone paid to get in, with only one exception, party buses. We had an agreement with the different party bus operators that if they brought their groups to our bar, they would get in for free. Also, lively crowds are good for business. So one night I'm working, and a guy comes in with his girlfriend, and I tell him it's two bucks a head. He grumbles about it, and I give him the same line I tell anyone who complains. A $2 cover fee is the cheapest thing you'll buy here tonight. If you can't afford it, you might want to go somewhere else. He doesn't want to look cheap in front of his lady, so of course he pays. A couple minutes later, he's back, saying that he just talked to some people who didn't have to pay and wants to know why he got singled out. I tell him about the party bus rule and say those people must have come in on a bus. He motions towards some people sitting with his girlfriend and tells me, You didn't charge my friends and they didn't come on a bus. I recognize those people. When they came in, I asked them if they were from the bus, and they had said yes. So they lied to me. It happens, and normally I wouldn't worry about it. I tell them, well, sounds like I made a mistake. I guess it's their lucky night. That was my hint to him that he should let it go, but that's not good enough for him. He gets louder and keeps demanding that I refund his $4 to keep things fair. I've had it with him, so I tell him, you're right, it's not fair. Let me fix it for you. He smirks because he thinks he's getting a refund, but he doesn't realize that all I'm giving is some sweet malicious compliance. His smirk disappeared when I stepped away from the cash drawer and walked over to where his friends were sitting. In my most polite voice, I said, Hey, sorry to bother you guys, but there's a $2 cover tonight and your friend here told me that you didn't pay. I must have misheard you when I asked if you were with the party bus, but I need to collect the cover from you now. The looks of betrayal they gave him were priceless. I collected their cover fees, smiled, and loudly thanked the guy for being so honest. Then I walked back to my post and watched them proceed to rip this guy a new one. Our next Reddit post is from I think it might be. So I work for a large electronics company doing sales over the phone. We do a lot of daily calls and take credit card details to place orders as well as place finance orders. Since fraud is such a big deal in our company, we're taught that only the account holder for the credit card or finance account can place an order. Cue Karen calling to place an order for finance. We go through everything, get her name, address, number, payment details, etc. Just before I place the order, she goes, Oh, the card's in my dad's name. That's fine, right? I tell her, no, her dad needs to place the order because he's the account holder. Cue her arguing for about five minutes about how she's his daughter and I need to finalize this order now. I tell her, I'm sorry, but I can't do that because as I've mentioned, the account holder needs to place the order himself. She starts cussing me out, calls me a stupid effing idiot and that I know nothing and demands I place the order. I've had enough at this point. Since she started swearing and getting aggressive, I said, I'm sorry, but if you continue to speak to me in such a manner, I'll terminate this call. 
She says, well, terminate it then. So I said, okay then, thank you for calling, have a nice day. I heard her go, no wait, as I hung up on her. God, that felt good. Like, yeah, this is funny, malicious compliance and everything, but the thing that's weird to me is that when a situation like this happens, couldn't she just immediately hang up on you, call you guys back, get a different person, and then just go through the entire process again, but this time don't say, by the way, it's my dad's name, that's okay, right? It's like, yeah, you screwed her over in the end, and you did that malicious compliance, but you also revealed a glaring security flaw that she could easily bypass if she just calls back. That was our slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.